And we're back, having just flashed at the Majestic. You've been saving that one up? No, it just popped in there. Just So Jables. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Just So Jables podcast with me, Matter of Fact Jables. Welcome to the news at 10. And me, our kid. And me, producer Ben. Here on Just So Jables podcast, we like to talk about films, we review films, we will give you our honest takes from a film that we go and watch. Hot takes straight after the film, without making ourselves look clever and reading lots of reviews and uh, being down with the kids, man. That always makes me laugh. I know, it's bad, because it's not in any way representative of my thoughts and feelings. (laughs) (laughs) So, this week, we're going to be watching... The Flash, in a pan. In a pan. Well, it Uh, will be quite hot in the cinema. It's going to be roasty toasty. You think? Yeah. Scream one again. Yeah. It is. But before we get onto that, our kid, last week we watched, hmm, let me think, Transformers, colon, Beast Wars. Yeah, that'll do. <laughs> that'll do. So, how wrong were we? Well, it wasn't very popular with the critics. I looked at some slightly different reviews again, so I didn't go for Guardian Empire, etc. I had a look first at Rolling Stone magazine. Ooh. So, Chris Vogner said... It's watchable moment to moment. It had talented actors, a sense of humour and a 90s hip-hop soundtrack, all of which qualify as a minor victory. He didn't give it a grade or anything, but seemed to kind of say what we did. It could have been worse. It could have been worse, I think. Yeah, which was my sort of take from it. Robbie Collins in The Telegraph was less generous. Yeah. And he called it a life-sappingly dreary franchise low, with action scenes that look like gravel in a food processor, it will make you yearn for Michael Bay. One out of five. Yeah, that's horse. Yeah. But you, well, you I, said similar things, I did. Ben. I've referred back to my notes, and it has a picture of a steaming pile of horse with the words steaming pile of horse next to it. But would you prefer incoherent battles where you literally can't decipher what's happening because things are spinning and whirling so much? on a city background which you can barely distinguish things against. Plus, you'll probably have someone's arse shoved into your face at some point, maybe a boob shot. Or would you prefer what is actually quite similar but slightly more distinguishing factors between the androids and less carry on? Fair enough. I sounded angry about yeah. that, <laughs> didn't I? But I think it's not. I'm not saying that I love the film. I think that kind of came across last time, but... Might just yeah. be two slightly different levels of horsery from my perspective. Yeah, yeah, possibly. Christy Lerner, writing for Roger Ebert, said it's still a movie about giant space robots talking trash and smashing into each other, but Rise of the Beasts is better than most offerings in the franchise, which I guess Pretty. is generous enough. Charles Bromesco, that's actually from The Guardian. A careless fumble put together without a hint of effort or interest, one out of five. Yeah, I think some people are just going for, like, they're low just going for easy fruit. targets, low-hanging fruit. I think that's one thing that I'd like to think that we do in the podcast is we're not mainstream media. You know, it seems like when a film comes out, there'll be a certain section or sections of reviewers that decide that this is the film that they're going to target, when actually they're not that bad, they're not a lot worse than a lot of other offerings, but this is the one that they're going to come down on. It happens quite frequently Mm. in in various things. I think there's that thing that happens with Marvel films where it's been, 
oh, is this the worst Marvel film? We're not at the heights of Infinity War and Endgame. So, th- okay, we'll, we'll pick on this one. You know, is this the end of the Marvel franchise? It's probably going to be the same with this. But I like to think that we judge it on its merits rather than its sound bites. Fair yeah. enough. I sound grumpy today, yeah, don't I? A little bit. It's that yeah. temperature again. I, yeah. I guess it's it's to do with them. I mean, they don't they don't just want to write a review that says, "Yeah, it was fine." They want to say something slightly contentious or slightly or uphold an existing point of view. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what we maybe got wrong or I'm grumpy about. What did other people think on the socials, our kid? The same sort of thing, really. But nobody was like, woohoo, this is amazing. Yeah. Everyone was just like, yes, another Transformers film. It could be worse. Well, if people yeah. want to join in with us uh, on the socials, they can uh, listen to us on Spotify and give us a follow, mm-hmm. Just So Jables. They can email in. <laughs> Hello at JustSoJables.com, at JustSoJables on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can hashtag us if you want. The hashtags would yeah. work. Yeah, give hashtags it a try. would find us. Yeah. And if you want to look up the Reddit, it's called <laughs> We Hate Producer Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Our special that's, Just So Jables still going, isn't Reddit. It? Yeah, yeah, it's still Aww. there. So, our kid, what are you on about this week? Well, this week, we've been watching a new series on Amazon Prime called Deadlock. Now, I don't know if you've seen that pop up at all. No, may have, but you tell me about it. Yeah, it's on to about episode five now, I think out of eight. So it's a detective series. It's sort of a comedy, sort of a drama, maybe a dark comedy, you might call it. And it's a police procedural. So it's about these two police detectives, Dulcie, who is the sergeant, and Eddie, who is the inspector. It's set in Tasmania in a town that's kind of been gentrified and it's got a very high lesbian population. So it it appears progressive, but there's a slight undercurrent of old-fashioned rednecks and people meeting other people with a smile, but you know there's a bit bit more under the surface. It's like Burnham Market then. Yeah, (laughs) basically. So Kate Box plays Dulcie, who is the sergeant based on the island and it transpires as you watch through that she moved to the island with her wife because there were some problems at home at Sydney so they're trying to start over with a better work-life balance so when there's a murder in the town and she gets involved there's tensions start to brew at home Eddie is an inspector who's coming from Darwin to help with the situation and they're very opposite Dulcie's very steadfast very procedural Eddie's just, I don't even know what you'd call her. She's just crude, obnoxious, over-the-top, weird. She's very brash. And at first, she's quite hard to, to get used to, and you kind of think, I think she might be a little bit over-the-top. But actually, as the series goes on, she's very funny, isn't she? And the comedy just, it does almost go too far, but I think it's just about saved. I think it's good. I like it. You're enjoying it as well, yeah, aren't you? Yeah, it's good fun. Yeah, it is good. There's a couple of side characters that, to start with, they are very annoying. Like, there's a couple of really bungling constables and you find yourself watching them thinking, this is going to really irritate me. But actually, you kind of warm to them as well and you you see why they are like they are. And I like the interaction between Dulcie and Eddie and how the whole case is impacting on their personal lives. And there's more murders as it carries on. And it's quite, it's quite grim in places, isn't yeah, it? It's it quite is. brutal. The first body you find full nudity (laughs) and you're kind of like 
oh, that's a bit bit over the top, but I think it's it's that kind of show. But yeah, we're really enjoying it, getting into it. So that's what I'm on about. What am I on about? I hear you ask. Well, bringing us bang up to date, Space Cowboys, right? Space Cowboys, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, now let me think. Dennis Hopper? Wait, which? Oh, oh no, Tommy. this is Tommy Lee yeah, Jones see, and Tommy Clint, Lee Jones. Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. I'm thinking of Space Truckers, Ben. That's oh, another okay. one for you to yeah. look up. Yeah. An easy mistake to make. Yeah. Yeah, Clint Eastwood, Stars and Directs, Tommy Lee Jones, Donald Sutherland, and James Garner are four ex astronaut wannabes, one could say, test pilots, people who used to work in the US Air Force, just at the point when they were going into space in bits and pieces, and then all of a sudden, NASA was formed and they were like, now NASA's going to do space stuff now and you guys are out. And then they become obsolete and all the rest of it. So they're these sort of gung-ho test pilot types from the 50s, early 60s, whatever. And what happens is there is a Russian satellite that goes wrong. And it turns out that the guidance system or something in the satellite was the one designed by Clint Eastwood back in the late 50s or something. And it's all like, well, we can't quite allow it to crash because the guidance system's gone and it's going to crash. The Russians need it up there for some reason because it's their only satellite, apparently. So this is in the year 2000. It's like, right, okay. Although I would say the film feels slightly older than that. It feels more like early 90s. You know, it's the whole, oh, we need to turn up at your house and get you interested in one last job, drag you out of retirement. So the whole premise is, right, they're old guys. There's a lot of old guy stuff and, you know, montages of them training and messing things up and all kinds of stuff. Clint Eastwood comes in. He's like the engineer who works on the guidance system. He's the only one who can fix it. And what they really want him to do is train some younger people to go up and sort it out. But he refuses. And for whatever reason, NASA kind of bend over and go, okay, fine, bring your old chums back and go up into space. And all hell breaks loose. Yeah. Turns out there's a little bit more to the satellite. And it's just, I mean, it's not great. It's just one of those kind of, as I said, it feels like a 90, an early 90s film. It's sort of gentle humour. It doesn't do anything unexpected at all. It's just some old guys bumbling about trying to pass the physical training and doing stupid stuff and trying to outperform each other in gravity machines and stuff like that. But is there a lot of, we could teach these new kids how yeah. to, yeah. 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 I think dad would love it. Yeah, probably. He's probably yeah. seen it. Probably. Sure. Yeah, I, I think I'd seen it before years ago. I think I might have, but I can't remember anything about it, apart from maybe Tommy Lee Jones wearing a hat, a cowboy yeah. hat. And it basically yeah. just does exactly what you'd expect the film to do the whole way through. And it's actually quite long. It's about two and a half hours long. Wow, I suppose you made it that far. It doesn't far, need man. to be, but yeah. So yeah, that's what I'm on about. Okay. Well, what am I on about? I hear the world scream very, very quietly. Um, <laughs> I've actually watched some stuff this week. I've caught up with some things that, that are new. One, well, one not so new. I watched The Lost King, which is that film about the woman who finds, uh, is it Philippa Langley, who works out where Richard III is buried. Oh, yeah. yeah, it stars Sally Hawkins, Steve Coogan's in it, and Henry Lloyd, who plays Richard III. And it's basically, I think it's supposed to be based on her book, but it's about her journey in finding the, um, where he's, he's buried, remains. So it's a police procedural. Yeah, <laughs> not quite, but she's fighting against her disability and the fact that she's a woman and the University of Leicester uh, trying to take all the credit for everything and also her personal life struggles and, you know, it's very much centred on her. I don't think I liked it that much. Mm. As, when it started, when we were deciding what to watch, I just thought, I know I'm going to be more interested in actually knowing about the facts and learning the story and maybe watching a documentary about it that might be real than watching a dramatised version of this. But I kind of liked the first half. You know, she 
thinks she's talking to Richard III. She's, you know, she meets up with these people in the, like this Richard III society and people are all trying to say he's not, not the bad person that the Tudors made out in bits and pieces. And I was like, yeah, it was fine. It was a bit, you know, rompy. He's got, she's got a weird relationship with Steve Coogan, who's her ex-husband or not quite her ex-husband. She's, you know, she's struggling with, she's got MS, I think it was. So she's got lots of struggles. And that was kind of side of it, kind of like, it just ticked along. It was like quite harmless and just kind of like, I quite liked her chats with Richard, even yeah, though. Yeah, I like that sort yeah. of thing. But then it just, it kind of takes a turn later on where it becomes a, oh, aren't the university evil and clear it's all run by men and obviously all men hate women. So, you know, or hate women taking the credit for anything. And I don't know how true that stuff is. And that's what made me go, what is this? What happened then? You know, it just, it felt dramatised and it felt kind of over the top. So it went from what was relatively charming to just kind of annoying for me. I think the most interesting, the more interesting thing I watched, I I think I'll talk about next week because I actually want to watch a couple of the episodes again, was the season six of Black Mirror came out on Netflix. And I've always been a fan. I know you struggled with it. Yeah, I only watched the first series, but but I didn't really like it. I'm actually going to pick two episodes that I think you should watch because it's quite standalone. I know this is like red rag to a ball whenever you say someone. It's like, I know you'll like these ones. (laughs) And it makes you go instantly like... Hate get your heckles up and hate yeah. them. There's no chance you're going to watch it. But I actually think that you'll genuinely like, especially one of the, probably even one episode that I'd say. And I'd quite like to talk to you guys about it because I love the series. That Not everything lands, but actually overall it worked really well. Mm. It's written by Charlie Brooker, isn't it? But there's a whole... I don't know, think the, he writes all of them, not does every, he? No, he yeah. has collaborations and bits. And yeah, like I said, I'll talk more about that next week. Cool. When, you know, it'd be nice to have a discussion with a couple of the episodes about it. It's just like, there's some nice takes on things and some actual original ideas a couple of them you know where things may be going but i still didn't mind it it was still actually good and 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 different enough to keep me interested which i think after six series and what's supposed to be you know inventive and all this kind of thing i think it's still surprised it still surprised me which is good so that'll be homework for you guys next yeah. week. We'll so, do our best. Yeah. Yeah. If anyone else wants to have a, a watch along, Demon 79 is the episode that Demon I... Demon 79. Yeah, it's the last episode in it. All right, so we could watch everything backwards. You could watch we? it backwards. And I think, to be honest, I know you don't like Politician and the Pig no, kind of episode. No. And I can get that. I can't even remember it. it uh, but then everyone kind of like raved about it, didn't they? Like yeah. It's such a... There was another one as well that was like a Grand talent show kind of thing. And she had to keep doing more and more degrading. Stuff, oh and yeah, I was yeah. Just like, and yeah. I, that's the thing. No, I, I would say for me, I, I don't. I think the first series is my least favorite, and I think there's some much better episodes later on. So yeah, I would definitely highly recommend it. And yeah, and if everyone else wants to watch Demon Seventy Nine and send us what they think about it, we can have yeah. a dis- big discussion about it next week. Okay, cool. But on to this week, our kid. I believe you might be telling us. All about... All about The Flash. The Flash. But obviously not all about The Flash. No. Because we don't want to go on and on. Because you said before we started you want to keep chat minimal before we go in so that we don't spoil anything. I think so, yeah. I mean, before you start talking about it, yeah, just to say I've seen the trailer. We'll probably talk about bits that are in the trailer. I've literally avoided everything. I've kind of like, I don't want to know a single thing about this film because I don't want it to be another No Way Home situation Mm. for me because even though we loved spider-man no way home the experience bits and pieces there was still that disappointment of you know i I did i knew all the kind of reveals there wasn't any massive surprises Mm. and i'm hoping outside of the trailer there's still going to be other surprises in this yeah which i'm I'm looking forward to and as you can tell i'm grumpy and hot so i'm hoping to come out of it in a better mood 
Good. But that could go horribly wrong. Yeah. Okay, tell us what you know. So the Flash. The Flash is Barry Allen. Yeah. And he's a, I'd say... For us, at least, he's a relatively minor DC cinematic character. He had a small role in Batman vs Superman and a larger role in the Justice League. Ben, I don't think you've seen either of those. No, I don't no. know who this character is. Yeah, there's also a TV series that ran over the last 10 years, but that's part of the Arrowverse universe, which is different to this yeah. cinematic universe. I'm correct in that, am I not? Uh, yeah, kind of. So The Flash is played by Ezra Miller. We won't dwell on that too much other than to say I think we need to go into it and watch it without dwelling on any biases uh, <laughs> that there might be around Ezra Miller. That is 100% why I've been avoiding stuff yeah, because I know definitely. if I saw anything about it, maybe I'm naive and thinking I should not watch it because of things, but I don't know all the ins and outs of mm. everything that's happening. So from what I can tell from the trailers, Barry manages to cause some kind of rift in space-time and ends up getting trapped in an alternate reality. It's debated whether or not it's going to link to the Flashpoint series of comics and animation. But again, we don't know that yet. We'll wait for that, to talk about that afterwards. There was some stuff I was going to make sure I didn't talk about because if you remember last week, we said to Ben, don't watch the trailer yeah. and it'll be really exciting. Okay. He only went and watched the trailer when I turned yeah, my I back. For a second. I'll watch the trailer. So Ben knows some stuff that's going to happen. But again, we won't dwell on that. We'll, no. we'll talk about that after. I think the production is quite troubled. From what I've looked at, it went really? through a number of different directors before it got going. It got announced in like 2014 yeah, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's been, so it's been sort of the production history has been up and down for a long time. The director is Andy Machetti, I yeah. think you pronounce it. Yeah. And the most recent things that he's known for directing are the two It films. So what we call remakes, but I suppose technically (laughs) aren't. Because we're Um, old. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I didn't really enjoy those films particularly. The first one was okay, the second one not so much. But I don't think it was the directing that was the problem. I think it was just the spun-out, drawn-out story that I didn't like as much. I still like that So visually, I think it was fine. So not much to say about it. It's it's very long. It's 144 minutes long. Mm. I don't think Ben's going to be very happy. But other than that, let's just go in without any biases and see if we come out without any biases. Yeah. <laughs> ben, you? Well, as you mentioned, I did watch the trailer. I'd forgotten that I said I was not going to watch the trailer. But I don't know much about it from the trailer. I don't know the character. I don't know what the background is to that character. So I don't know very much. No. Apart from what you've just said, really. Like... He can travel through time and he causes a problem doing that. So I don't have high expectations. or It's not that I have low expectations. I just don't really have expectations. It troubles me a bit that you say it's taken so long to get actually into production. Do you not start to think, well, maybe just give it up as a bad job and do something else? Why did it take so long? Is it an important film? Is it important that we learn the story of The Flash? It was obviously supposed to be complementary to the other Snyderverse DC EU, even though they don't even call it that, but that's what they call it. Films like Batman vs Superman, Man of Steel even, and those others. But it seems like there's obviously a lot of trouble in productions with those films anyway. Or not necessarily just in productions, in reception and perception of the films. And it seems like it's been a long time since there were any of those films anyway. I can't remember when. When did 
Like Batman versus Superman come out. That must have been like... 2017. Yeah, so Batman versus Superman was 2017. Sorry, Justice League was 2017. Oh, Justice League. Justice yeah. League was 2017. Yeah. Oh, crap. So, yeah, so Batman versus Superman must have been, what, 2016, 2015? Yeah. Justice League after that. So, you know, it was very much when they were still building the world. That's when it, they so they were looking at making all these films then. I don't think they were really like making a conscious effort until we got to Justice League with this film, but it was being slated then. And I think, sorry, I've kind of like jumped, jumped in on you, Ben, but yeah, so that, but that's a long time ago since there was a DCEU film in this, you know, environment. Yeah. Mm. Okay. I suppose, you know, Black Adam, but it doesn't feel like it's in the same environment at all. Yeah. We had Shazams and such, but they don't feel like in those other films. Sorry, Ben. You were saying? No, I've run out of points. Okay. Well, I'll keep rambling then. Just go on. I won't go on too much. But yeah, so for, I think for me, like I think I mentioned, touched on it last week, what I'm interested in seeing is whether this is going to be the end of something or the start of something else. Is it going to be like a flashpoint break? Okay, we're moving on from this. Because obviously you've got James Gunn's taking, uh, taking the helm of the DC films. Is this going to be the almost like the full stop in those previous films? Because clearly with casting and things that we've seen and, you know, the reception with Black Adam and Shazam and bits and pieces, that felt like the end of those films. But this was always lingering. This is, as we said, this has been lingering a long time. Mm. Are they going to be using this or is it actually just going to be a bit of a celebration of old Batman? Because what a lot of it seems like, Mm. I don't think that's a spoiler. It's pretty clear in the marketing and in the trailer. Is it going to be more of a celebration of that? Or is it going to be, you know, is it going to be a good story on its own? I liked the Flash character in those other films, actually. Yeah, I didn't mind I him. Did. I think he was a bit underused. I didn't like the boob grab kind of like yeah. silly comedy bits. But there were things that I did like about it. There were some fun bits. I, I liked the stupid race between Superman and Flash in the, in the end credit. Like bits like that. I, I didn't mind. I didn't really hate him. I suppose it's almost impossible to think what we said about, you know, the news and Ezra Miller's stuff. You know, maybe that's going to have a little taint to it. Maybe that's going to... You know, make it seem different. I'm, I'm, just... in, I'm genuinely interested to see how I feel about it yeah, me too. when I watch it, which is kind of cool. I yeah, suppose, exactly, but, exactly. Yeah. So in that way, you know, we'll, I'm open-minded. I've avoided what I can. I'm just going to go in fresh. I hope that the Batman stuff that we all already know is in there. I hope that's going to work. It's almost like I don't want him to be a cameo. I don't want him to be too small, but I don't want him to be too big either and one of the things i like most about batman is how dark it is he's in the shadows he's out at night if he's out too much in the day i don't really like it and that that was one of my problems with Mm. the affleck ones there was too much daytime and you're you're more dc than marvel yeah i think we've kind of said this before appreciate the issues with dc and one of the issues with the dc movies is that the cgi is often a bit yeah like the end of Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman was a good film, yeah. but the end bit, it was just a bit of a mess. Oh, yeah. Aquaman CGI, the underwater stuff. I saw, yeah. I remember some of the, the cartoon Disney stuff from the 60s was better than that. You I know, quite liked it. Bed knobs and the... broomsticks and stuff. Yeah, but I quite liked that in that film. It worked for me in that film. So I'm hoping this will be better and yeah. won't just look like a throwback from 20 years ago. Okay, well, I guess the only thing that's left is uh, to pack up and get going. Yeah, let's go. Okay, folks. Back in a flash. And we're back, having just flashed at the Majestic. <laughs> You've been saving that one up? No, it just popped in there. Excellent. It didn't pop out just there, out. so yeah. Ben, you are going to tell us all about the film we just watched. 
I'm going to tell you something about it. I'm going to synopsize for you. Do it. Off the cuff. Got a couple of notes, actually. It's not completely off the cuff. So the Flash is Barry. And the Flash has got superpowers, can move really quickly, but is a kind of minor superhero, just around the edges of major things. So the Flash is going about doing, well, refers to himself. He's like the janitor on the operation, comes in, sorts a few bits out, tidies a few messes up, catches a few babies, things like that, <laughs> falling out of buildings. Meanwhile, he's got a tragic backstory. His mum's dead. His dad's in prison, charged with, possibly even convicted with, the murder of his mother. Constant appeals. They're going to court. He's working as a kind of laboratory guy on criminal stuff, trying to figure out how to make the best methods and things and get his dad off the hook because he knows that he didn't do it. No one believes him. And then, all of a he sudden... He did your Batman voice then. Yeah. Sorry. No one believes him. <laughs> he has a bit of a brainwave and he's like, actually, I'm pretty sure I can travel in time a little bit and go back and fix this. I'm going to figure that out. And I don't, I don't have to do much. I just have to do a little, maybe a couple of little bits without causing too much of trouble in, in time. And I can just like save my mum from dying, get my dad out of prison, make sure this whole thing never happened, not cause any ripples. Meanwhile, he's having a chat with Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne slash Batman, by the way. Bruce Wayne is Batman. Sorry, spoilers. <laughs> uh, and he's like, uh, I'm not sure it's the best idea, you know, kind of thing. Bit fatherly advice. It's probably not the best. He's going to do it anyway. And off he goes. He does that. Because if you run really fast, if you go faster than the speed of light, <laughs> yeah. you, go, you can travel in time, apparently. So that happens. He does a very specific, what he thinks is a very small thing, and then pops up in another slight sort of version of his own life where he arrives at his parents' house and he's there as Barry, but then suddenly, oh no, there's another Barry coming in from school. And what are they going to do? And then all hell breaks loose and there you go. That's the synopsis. Yeah, I think that's a good synopsis. That's a good point to finish on as well. So, Jables. Well, I'll do my usual semi-disclaimer of, in terms of spoilers, we're not going to give like major story beats away and... We're not, I don't think we should talk about anything that's not in the trailer. I think that's fair, you know, in terms of specifics. But I think that still actually gives us a lot we can talk about. Yeah, if it becomes difficult, we'll, we'll add a little spoiler section at the yeah, end. Yeah, maybe. So I'm going to start off with, for me, the elephant in the room. I don't want this to set the tone of my thing because I actually really like the film. But I have to say it off the bat so I can kind of get over it and we can get over it. Some of the visual effects especially of some of the people in this film and characters, were absolutely damn awful. Which was annoying because some of the inclusions of the characters that were used in CGI were really nice. Mm. There was a very, very random, if you know your Superman history of people who have or haven't played Superman, mm. we had a little bit of a moment in the cinema, a little bit of a little giggly clap in the cinema when... Something popped up, which was actually really just a really cool sort of inclusion. Yeah. Uh, cut to another inclusion of two previous characters. They just looked really, really bad and ropey. And it wasn't limited just to those characters. It was also some of the effects early on when there's babies. <laughs> actually made me chuckle a lot. It's, a, it's very early on, so I don't know if it's a spoiler, but he's trying to save babies in a crashing hospital. And there's there's babies flying out the window, and it's it's hard not to laugh with the visual thoughts of that. And if you said this like to someone on the street, they think you're a psycho. But you know, oh yeah, I love that bit when there were babies flying out the window. And there's, <laughs> yeah. but it actually made me chuckle. But they looked really bad. They looked really VFXy, 
And yeah. that was annoying. Which was annoying because actually some of the other effects of the film looked really good. But there was something about it felt 10 to 15 years old. Those character models, the people. Yeah. That really took me out of it in a couple of points. Especially, I think we, we were talking about it in there. You said some bits, there's some VFX stuff where you see his parents. In a timey-wimey yeah, kind of situation. That, the, the multiverse kind of like outline that they kind of like used it suddenly the multiverse kind of became a spirally sort of room where you could see lots of things going on and you could see people in that and they looked really bad mm. because like people who were characters that you'd just seen 10 minutes beforehand as shot on camera done in cgi just looking but poorly really done. poorly really ropey yeah but i'd say that was my only actual major criticism of it that would definitely lose a couple of marks for me on that though, because yeah. it did take me out yeah there. same here but apart from that, it was actually really fun. Again, it will sound like a criticism, but they went through the whole, as you were alluding to, and I wrote it down as well, the wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey, mm. spaghetti monster of explanation of travelling through time and multiverses. You've got to get over it. If you're watching this film and you're expecting a coherent, oh, this happens because that happens, it's like, nah. You, you've just got to kind of think, anything could be happening. You've yeah. got to kind of not worry about it too much. Because if you did, you'd be wrapped up sometimes it works in films and sometimes it doesn't and this is one of the films where actually that it just doesn't that much that much i think it worked fine yeah i think that the multiverse in this was coherent enough to take for granted it was integral to the plot and it felt like it was used right and just enough I'm hoping now that they'll go, okay, we've done multiverses. Tick, let's move on to something a bit more interesting. Because actually, when you break it down, multiverses aren't really that interesting because you can do anything, so therefore you may as well do nothing. So yeah. it needs to be used tightly and correctly, and I yeah. think in this case it was. Yeah, yeah I, didn't, I agree. I didn't like the aesthetic of it, like I said. No, I didn't like I, I the kind of like that. round circle yeah. sort of room. But yeah, it was almost like time was more integral than the multiverse. Yeah, like. it's like time creates the multiverse in a way. That's what it? they were kind of yeah. alluding and to. And I think that was a good use. Yeah, of it. It, yeah, it, it it was fine. I liked the sort of cause and effect twist that it generated later on. I think that worked for me. It was a bit of a surprise. So that kind of like. Because I was watching the film, sometimes, I think, I've said this a couple of weeks ago, when you're watching a film, you're sometimes watching it, if you're bored or something like that, you start looking at mistakes and, and start thinking, oh, is this going to happen? Is this going to happen? Mm. I wonder if this will happen. And I kind of forgot about things that had happened earlier. So when they actually came back up later, I was like, oh, I, I forgot about that. So mm. I quite liked that little sort of twist to it. That was quite good. I think that's because I was actually having a lot of fun with the film. It was funny, it was a bit silly, but it wasn't mean in terms of like the humour. It was quippy, but because they were kind of silly quips and sort of like with Barry's friends in the apartment that were just kind of dumb and it was like I random. I was like, I was just enjoying it. And instead of having like kind of like sayings and stuff, when it came up, we're like, come on, Barbie. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. let's go party. Yeah. You know, they're kind of like, don't know why they're saying it themselves. Yeah, and that's right. So I quite like the silliness of that yeah. humour. With the room full of friends that you were talking about, if that was done badly, I wouldn't have just disliked it, I would have hated it. But I actually quite liked that dynamic yeah. where they're introducing cousin Barry. Yeah. Also Barry. Yeah. And then the thing later on with, is this not the cousin convention? <laughs> I know. I know. Cousin's lunch, that, yeah. The cousin's lunch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was so, I really, was really laughed out loud. Yeah, that was so was funny. Good. 
And you see someone find out that Bruce Wayne is Batman. For real. (laughs) (laughs) It was good. Yeah. There was a lot of fan service, I think it's fair to say. Mm -hmm. Let's face it. You knew you were getting that from the trailer. So there were a lot of cameos. There were some cameos that I didn't know, but this is deliberately... If I'd have looked at Reddit or something, or any news feed in the last 48 hours, I would have found out who the people that that popped up were going to be. And I'd have been a bit annoyed, because, yeah. so I'm glad I didn't do that. Me too. But I think it's worth mentioning, there are some notable exclusions. Which yeah, I found a little, some of this probably goes over my head yeah, slightly. Which I found a little bit confusing and a little bit disappointing and almost sad, actually. If this is going to be the end of this section of the DCEU, it's a bit of a shame that they didn't have a bit of a send-off. It felt like it did with some of the characters, but not necessarily all of them, and not for their own fault, I don't think. So, um, in terms of the new characters, there wasn't necessarily a lot of new characters, apart from... uh, Well, you see it in the trailer, so you think that... So, there's obviously two Barrys, and that could have been awful, but it actually wasn't. I was prepared for it to be awful. Yeah, so was I. Yeah, and we do because, like you say, there is a bit of quippiness in this, but they just sort of skirt the line nicely with it. They mm. don't overplay it, and it's not overwrought. Yeah, so they were quite funny together, actually. They were. I fooled myself it was two different people. Yeah, totally. yeah. I yeah, because he actually done it like the, it, was, it was the younger image. It's funny, though, because at the start of the film, you're thinking the Barry that you're seeing is the, the immature Barry, but actually you realise he does grow up when he's interacting with the other Barry, he's kind of like, yeah, you, you see that. It, I won't give any spoilers about what happens to the two of them, but it could have been annoying if there was two flashes, put it that way. Yeah. And it would have been a little bit silly. And because there wasn't, it actually made it interesting, the two of them. Yeah, so that was really good. Other new character, I really like the Supergirl. Is this Supergirl yeah, or Superwoman? Yeah, they do call Supergirl, don't, don't they? they? Yeah, Cara. Her story arc went very quickly. (laughs) Didn't have an awful lot to do, but I think what she'd done, it actually worked really well. It's almost like that's a section that could have been extended out a little bit. Mm. Her interaction with Barry and... um, Barry. Barry. (laughs) And you see Zod in the trailer, don't you? And seeing it from afar and her... Her motivations, that kind of went a bit quickly in the film. And that's something that could have been explored Mm. a little bit more. Because I actually really liked her character. She's just very stoic, but also actually really quite an impressive sort of presence on it. So, yeah, I really liked that. I think that they were... Because you know when the Batgirl got canned? Yeah. I think that they'd had plans to have Supergirl play a bigger part in the DCU. Okay. But she also got canned at the same time as Batgirl. Oh, okay. So I think there were more plans for her character right. than actually transpired. Right. But it's a shame because, like, yeah, I, f- I feel the same way. I thought that there was a high possibility that she could have been an insufferable girl boss. But actually she wasn't. She no. was part of it all. It would have been nice when they were getting together and regrouping if she could have been more of that. The bit where she went off and came back kind of didn't need to happen, really. No. And... There's things that Zod says that he does. Not that I'd want to have seen it, but he felt like a baddie straight away again, which yeah. I quite liked. I felt I kind of like... I remember watching Man of Steel thinking, yeah, he's a baddie, but I was never that scared of him or kind of mm. like because there was Superman. And actually because... Yeah. Sorry, I just love Zod in the original films. He's so camp. Yeah, but yeah, so, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is it Terrence Stamp? No, is, yeah. is it Terrence Stamp? It is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And but, he's really good. Yeah, he's really good. But uh, yeah, so yeah, with the, the Zod, because you know what he's done and you have this thought in your mind that 
actually no one's going to be around to save us. It actually, it makes him seem more menacing than he did mm. in, in Man of Steel to me. Yeah. Which I quite like, even though he's not in it that much. No. It's just a, you know, a good presence. Oh, kid, what do you think to Batman? I was very happy to see Batman. Yeah. As you know, I'm a big Batman fan. I'm a big Michael Keaton Batman fan. I mean, I was enjoying the film a lot, even before we got to Batman. And I, I found myself thinking, I could actually just keep watching a film about The Flash because mm. I was quite enjoying just the Barrys doing their thing. We were worried at the start whether this was going to be, well, I was, whether this was going to be a Flash film or a Batman film. It was very much a Flash it film. It was, yeah, yeah really definitely. Was. But shunk. the inclusion of Batman was very cool yeah. and I was really pleased that Batman wasn't just a washed-up old has-been. He'd actually no. made himself redundant Yeah, and was just, yeah, he was a bit lonely and not up to much, but he wasn't just it was like Luke, cleaned... he wasn't Luke Skywalker. That's what I was, was going to say. Exactly. It was like we've cleaned up Gotham City. I've exactly. kind of got yeah. nothing else yeah, to do. Yeah, that's it. I'm going to play <laughs> some Chicago. It. I'm going to cook yeah, up yeah. some pasta. I'm going to grow my beard and yeah. sit, hang around. Yeah. The house. In sandals. Yeah, yeah, and listening I, to tunes. I, I thought that was pretty cool, yeah. but then he brought the Batman magic back when he needed to. There were some high kicks that I found myself thinking, would a man of that age be able to do that? But I didn't really care. Yeah. Of course he could. He's Batman. Of course he could. I, I actually, I, you know, is that one of those ones I really liked him when he was, it's hard to say Bruce Wayne because he didn't feel, he almost didn't feel like Bruce Wayne. He wasn't like Playboy Millionaire Bruce Wayne. No. He was retired Playboy Millionaire Bruce Wayne just chilling out in his in his slippers, as you said. Yeah. But I actually quite liked him when he kind of like, when he cuts home and was just like talking to him and he, he wasn't like, I can sort all this out. He was just like yeah. matter of fact and quite just, it felt real it sort did. of thing. I really liked it. Even though that. he knew a bit more about time than you'd imagine in real life. You know, he believed him straight away about all the time travel stuff, didn't he? Yeah, but he? he's seen Superman spin around the earth. Well, and yeah, time I guess back, that's so. true. Yeah, I suppose he has. But, um, I suppose the other good thing about the Batman bits in it, because you do see a little bit of it in the trailer, and I wondered if it was literally going to be almost like cameo level, just like mm. one scene. Right. Batman pops up and gives him a bit of equipment or something. Mm. But it's actually woven in quite nicely. Yeah, it was woven in nicely. And yeah. I suppose that brings us on to how the characters work together, which I thought was really effective as yeah. well. I really liked the chemistry between all the characters and I thought that the Flash and Batman, there was, like you said there, there was that slightly paternal yeah. edge with the conversation with Affleck at the beginning. Yeah. And then later, Batman takes on that same role with yeah. him again. It all kind of felt earned as well during the film. It was a long film, yeah, but it, it never did. felt it never felt bored. I never was tired or waiting for the next thing. So yeah, like you say, like everyone working together, yeah, it, it worked well. I'll, I'll be honest, probably one of the only inclusions that didn't necessarily feel earned or stack up that much is. A sec, not a secondary, uh, an inclusion of a Justice League member earlier on in the film, which yeah. kind of came out the blue, and I was like, "This." It felt a little bit like the same person's inclusion in Shazam. It was Indeed. like ticking a box rather than actually adding anything. And all the other characters felt like they were adding something, and that felt just like an inclusion. So, and there was an end credit that had a similar vibe. It, I mean, it didn't have the same heroism in it. It was a bit a silly fun bit tacked on the end. Yeah. But I suppose with that early cameo, at least that led to quite a funny it was joke fun, yeah. on the bridge yeah. and stuff, which I got. Yeah, know, that I like that. I like that. Trauma explanation yeah. <laughs> and stuff. It's, it's almost like Lego Batman. Yeah, it was know, a little it was kind bit of wasn't fun. It? Yeah. yeah. 
Oh, they could have had Lego Batman. Oh, they could have. Yeah. See, that's, anyway. that would have been Spider-Man level. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> it probably would have been, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, I don't. it didn't really feel like an end to the EU, though. It felt like, a, like an additional story. It, mm. it kind of fitted in fine. You know, it felt more like a continuation of the stories we've seen, not a Black Adam or a, or a Shazam. Yeah. I really liked Ezra Miller. In, yeah. in the, the roles of Barry, mm. I thought that they worked really well. And I really liked that bit when they're first in the Batcave and the younger Barry's like, look at this, what's this, check this out. Yeah, yeah, and the yeah. other one's trying to work. And then they yeah. both kind of clash a little bit and yeah. get a bit more of an understanding of each other. That was one of my favourite scenes. Yeah. I, I thought that was really nice. And that, like you said, that could have been really annoying. Yeah. That bouncy kind of look at this because yeah. it was obviously for the fans. Hey, look, there's this bag that laughs and yeah, look, yeah, it's the yeah, Batmobile yeah. and, and yeah. stuff. And the bit where I'm going off on a tangent here, but I loved the bit where they've gone to look for someone yeah. in the Batplane. And just for a second, it hovers over the moon. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a classic like it shot. Yeah, yeah, it's a good shot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. Hang- yeah. But and not I'm, to take anything away from Ezra Miller. You know, I thought they did a really yeah, good job with it. Yeah, I think, it. you know, yeah. I think we, we said early on, it's kind of like people know all the news and the things better than me. Ezra Miller's in the film, so I can't really question the why fours, the who, who mm. hows. All I can see it is, you know, they, they've chosen to keep them in the film. And I actually liked it. I liked the differences. It was obvious differences. I liked the end as well. I think, you know, it kind of like... It was quite touching at the end. Yeah, it was. You know, there's the, you know, that whole kind of there, there's a poignancy to you know what happens and the what happens within the multiverse. And even though he kind of does something, still, you know, it, it's quite poignant. But also, like after that, there's a bit of fun after that. There's a great little cameo at the end, and you know, yeah. other, other bits at the end, which it kind of made me. I, I could have kept watching. It made me want to see more. Apart from, like I said, the bits I've said, the CGI and some of the bits, I was never annoyed watching it. No. No. And even and the it could quippiness have been awful. in so, it. Like with Guardians, it, what jarred with us was that there'd be a poignant scene and it was completely undercut by someone doing a stupid quippy thing. Yeah. There were quips in this, but it didn't come at the wrong time. No, it didn't was... undercut anything. No. So it flowed well some, as a story. Some of the bits that were funny were even actually in some of the bad bits, but... They weren't laboured on. I really liked it when he makes his flash suit. Yeah. And he does that thing. And it's like the wind, but he kind of turns its face and it's all mushed up yeah, to one yeah. side. That made me chuckle because they don't labour on it, it just turns. No one says anything and he just kind of turns back. It's, yeah. it's just quite funny. And it is funny. He makes it himself and it does look slightly crappy. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I really like that. Yeah, yeah. So it's good. So overall, yeah, I didn't even give it, I didn't give it a rating, but I'd honestly say, Oh, this is well, what I was going to mention is there's been a cri- bit of a criticism, hasn't there, of some of these, the DC, the Justice League, Batman, Superman, not being as much fun or not being able to do the fun as well as Marvel mm. films. And I, and I, you know, I don't care if you're a fan of whichever. I think that's a valid criticism. They, you know, if you compared it to, you know, not even the, the, the most stoic ones, like some of the comedy in Avengers films. Uh, even though none of the Avengers films are perfect, I don't think they actually played that comedy quite mm. like the fun and the seriousness actually interacted yeah. quite well. I think in Justice League, some of those I don't think it always worked that well. I think, like like we said, the, the comedy tend to be either boob grabs or crap jokes or dick jokes or something. And and in this, actually, there was a couple, but it didn't feel bad. It felt all fun and in the right place rather right. than it's just tacked like, on. It felt like what. 
a normal person would say in yeah. that situation. So I quite like that. So for me, it's definitely on a par with like the first Shazam film. Maybe not as fun, but in terms of quality and my enjoyment of it, and almost surprise enjoyment because I didn't know if I was going to of that. And with this, it was I was more maybe trepidatious and thinking, more nervous about whether this, what is this going to be? And actually turned out well. And I think without that nervous energy, I'm actually looking forward to watching it again. I worry seeing the effects again. I'll be like, oh God. Oh yeah. But yeah. I think Shazam's a good call actually. I think that's the rating that I'd give it to if I can totally copy you. Yeah. Like (laughs) Shazam out of DC films. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. Ben, I want a car moment and a rating, please. And anything else you want to add? Car moment. There's a bit that actually I found a bit annoying. Mm. I'm going to have as my car moment. I think there's a bit where there's a kind of Batman chasing a baddie through the streets and they're in a sort of Humvee sort of military-grade sort of vehicle, the baddies, and Batman's on his little motorbike thing. And there's a skiddy crash and they're on a bridge and it goes straight through the barrier on the side of the bridge. So it's not a positive car moment, it's a negative one. Because oh it's so annoying. Why is the barrier even there if it can't stop a vehicle from going straight through it? So that's my car moment. It's a health, and, it's a health and safety car moment yeah. for some yeah. reason. Yeah. Normally, I, I say stuff to you sometimes in the films, and I, I didn't, ha- didn't say much of this, but it did annoy me a little bit when Ben Affleck Batman, at that point, finds them, and he's in his big aeroplane, Batwing yeah. type thing. And instead of just like following the Humvee out, he drops out onto a motorbike to then chase them down the street. I'm just yeah. like, man, just stay above them. Yeah. Lift them up. You're yeah. in this massive, great big ship. Yeah. A few more car things. Got a reveal of old Batmobile mm. in this. And it's in the Batcave and it's not gone anywhere for a while by the looks of it. Because it's under a, it's under a, a cover that's covered in bat shit, which is quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And I also quite liked Ben Affleck Batman's, not the Batmobile, but he has this quite sleek car that he arrives in as Bruce Wayne. James is pulling a face. You like that. I quite like it. Awful. Was it an electric car? It's like some kind well, of concept electric, electric Mercedes yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I think it looks so. horrible. Thing. I quite okay. liked it. I oh, really? Liked it. Yeah, so they, those are car moments. I'll give you a grade and I'm going to use a car scale. I've gone for a Porsche 924 out of Cars Out of Films. Okay. My reasoning being, it's part of a proud legacy of brand and characters. Mm. And it could have been terrible, and it could have been just a dog's breakfast. But actually, it was rather charming, if potentially underpowered, but probably fun to drive. Nice Always ben. good. He's good. Always good yeah. with the old car references. Yes. Yeah, I don't. Do we want to talk spoilers? I don't think we could. I we can always. We, need to, we can always we come really? back to it next week if we want to. Yeah. If if anyone's got Spoiler any questions or wants wants us to talk spoilers, then hit us up on the socials mm-hmm. at Just So Jables, and uh, yeah, let us know what you think. Yeah. So there you go. That's our review of Flash. Trailers, Ben. Yeah, Dunk Part 2. <laughs> which we talked about last week. And yeah. Indiana Jones, Dial of Destiny. Which we talked about last week and every week for about yeah. the last six months. Yeah. So I don't think we've got anything else to add on those, no. have we? I don't even have a, a James's, oh, what I thought this time. I've got nothing. I've Apart got nothing. from, I'm going to say it. Just show us the whole of the Dunk Part 2 trailer. Yeah, I, it was a teaser trailer for a They trailer. keep showing the tease a trailer for the trailer and we've all watched the trailer i'd like to see it big please thank yeah. you so when is it out i've probably asked that before late this year isn't it why are you looking that up our kid why don't you tell us what's on next week ben absolutely nothing <laughs> unless you want super mario brothers blah 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 film um, yeah we, so we're probably gonna have a look on streaming there's nothing coming out in the cinema we've got quite a few things coming up over the next few weeks after in terms of films that are coming up we've got 
Batman. Uh, Batman. <laughs> no, we haven't got Batman. We've got uh, Indiana Jones. Finally, we've got uh, Oppenheimer's coming out. There's some other things, bits and pieces that we've spoken about. So I think there's been a couple of horror films we've missed, haven't haven't mm. we? So maybe we could watch something like that on the streaming. Yeah, that'd be cool. Have a spooky spooky summer. Yeah, yeah, we missed Boogie Man. That's not. Yeah. I think that just dropped off last week. You make it sound like a disco film. <laughs> you do. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it is. Boogie <laughs> Man. <laughs> June is out on the third of November. Okay, okay, so yeah, late this year. Okay, cool. Right then, final socials, minor our kid from you at Just So Jables Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Email us hello at justsojables.com. Website is justsojables.com, which has all our links. We're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts. Hit us up, like us, do all that stuff. Uh, Right, let's get out of here. Let's go. See you next week. Bye. Just so jables.